This is your hosts, James Jordan, Mike Wallace, and the Eggman, coming at you for yet another edition of the Wide World of Motorsports podcast, coming at you on CFMH 107.3 Local FM in St. John, New Brunswick, CKMS 102.7 Radio Waterloo in the region of Waterloo in Ontario, and on the Performance Motorsports Network app on your smart device. We're also on demand on all streaming platforms and on all social medias at the WWOMS. Our website got lots of articles coming up for the Pinty series on www.thewideworldofmotorsportspodcast.wordpress.com. This is the 18th episode of the sixth season recorded to you for the week of May 14th. 2023 and we have a jam-packed episode for y'all and i think real quick we got to do our tradition we got it we always got to fit in our tradition here of doing the driver spotlight at the top of every episode and i'll kick it all off with i got to do it because we'll never get to we'll never get to those higher numbers that's for sure um for this one uh but uh del jarrett he ran the 18 for a couple years former uh driver current commentator here and there once in a while step in the booth he is best known for winning the daytona 500 three times and winning the nescar winston cup series championship in 1999 and of course the son of champion ned jarrett and and of course with his brothers as well and most notably for me, he stuck out because of his commentating through the years. And, uh, you know, I always thought it was cool with the driver commentator. And also, you know, when he ran the UPS and and the uh, the number 88 quality care, I have one right somewhere. <laughs> I have a big toy right somewhere in, in my uh, in my apartment on it. But yeah, he, he did really good, though, in the 18 and 1992 to 1994 in the 93 season, he was fourth in the standings, won the Daytona 500, and had a bunch of top tens, just solid in that year. And I cannot forget, cannot not mention DJ. What about you guys? I'll go next. Uh, I picked Bobby the Bonnie. I bought a die cast of him when I was very young. It was one of the first ones I ever had, Interstate Batteries, and it's always stuck with me. The Back then, it was when Joe Gibbs was in the Chevys. It was a Chevy Impala. And, uh, you know, Bobby, he's done 375 races, 21 wins, uh, 109 top fives, and 25 pulls in that car. Uh, he was a 2000 Cup Series champ in that car, and he was a 2001 IROC champ while running that car. Uh, and then, you know, digging into Bobby's background, and I always I always liked him. I always thought he was a pretty good driver. You know, he raced some road racing in 2005, 2006, 7, and 2010. He did the 24 hours of Daytona with drivers in a prototype with drivers like Jan Magnuson, Brian Herta, his brother, Terry Labonte, Texas Terry, uh, Michael McDowell, he drove with in 2007, 2007. 
So, you know, he wasn't afraid to drive different things. And then most recently, we remember he won at at Nashville for SRX. Yeah. So. Yeah. I, it was always uh, yeah, one of I my mean, favorites, that's for sure. Because of Terry. Yeah. <laughs> how could you not like Bobby? The brothers, the brother thing, too. Well, and- I always liked Terry, too. I, Bobby was a different, like, he wasn't a, I can't say how much I remember. And maybe that is kind of what Bobby's career was a bit like, even though he was a champion. But, yep. you know, I was looking over it's his a good stats pick. and in his championship, his championship year, he only won three races. So he was consistent. That's okay, a good so one. Bobby Labonte is mine. We got Eggman here. What's yours? I have dug into the vault for another of my notable one race wonders. And I have chosen Michael McDowell. Uh, Michael McDowell filled in for a suspended Kyle Busch for the fall Texas race in 2011. Uh, Kyle Busch was suspended for the weekend, probably should have been longer, but for the weekend for his famous um, incident with Ron Hornaday in the truck series that same weekend. Um, So yeah, 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 yeah. filled in once he finished 33rd, not really anything to write home about, but he did drive the 18 car once. Nice. Okay. Um, yeah, we 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 uh, we do this every week, and it's one of the most uh, coolest segments that I look forward to when we do the show. All right, we as I said earlier, we have a jam packed episode. We were at the NASCAR Pinty's Series season opener, and also for the Big Z race. Wallace, tell us about it. Mm-hmm. Well, it was the perfect day for a race. I couldn't believe how nice it was outside. It was warm at 9 in the morning, so I should have known that it was going to be really hot in the afternoon. But the track looked beautiful when I got there. It, it, they were ready to run those ra- the race for sure. And walking through the garage area, I just felt there was a bit of a different buzz on the Pinty side but uh, I saw the hot rods uh, for the Big Z Memorial unloading which are I think they're based off the a super late model chassis and motor and stuff like that but they run you know 50s 60s nice that's really cool 70s styles bodies on them which is a lot of fun it was a good so way to had- kick it all off I'm sure uh, yeah, it was. It was a great way, you know, to honor a Canadian Racing Hall of Famer and legend who passed away last year, Bill Zardo Sr. Uh, they had his car out front uh, when you came in the main gate. I had a couple of pictures. I'm just wrangling up my pictures. I'm a little behind on things this week. But uh, so they, they had a 40, a, his number is 46. They ran a $4,600 race uh tripping over my words here forty six hundred dollar to win race forty six laps uh each lap was also sponsored i think they were i think it was yeah that was really cool everyone that did that yeah Yeah. and And it was um it went to the payout so everybody all the drivers got paid it was great great all the setup for all the pinty stuff and you you were rocking around the uh the paddock there talking to some people you got to talk to dexter Stacy about some cup stuff. Uh, Xfinity stuff, yeah. I was uh, just chatting with them about 
his last run at Talladega and how close he came and and how you know bad luck and whatnot and I said well I hope to see you again and he just mentioned that he's looking at trying to do Talladega and or uh, the Chicago Street cool circuit. cool and you uh, said or yeah yes yeah, Chicago so maybe that would be a cup right because X- is Xfinity running there. Something like that. And then also, yeah, there's also some talk about uh, Cup to Canada. Well, NASCAR back to Canada anyways. I wouldn't go so far as to say Cup, but we'll get talking probably trucks or Xfinity uh, crossing the border back up. Um, Yeah, I was speaking to somebody from NASCAR at the track, and they were generous enough to just talk about what, they and ask even ask and, you and ask me yeah. what I I thought you know uh, ask me what I thought the fans in Ontario and how, how they would feel if NASCAR came back and went to to Montreal and honestly I said we you know he asked if 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 they'd be upset or feel betrayed and I said yeah they they really would cuz because yeah, let's hope that doesn't such a good yeah. race. let's hope people don't um, yeah let's yeah like, like there's I ways did, it could work yeah i did say to him honestly if you could get an oval race yeah in canada i feel that might be a you know yeah. almost a home run cuz as much as we love road racing up here in canada uh, there's a huge history of of oval racing here, and I yeah, think you can't forget, especially with either great. bring back Kyoga or Ducasse or bring back uh, bring uh, we could see what we could do at Delaware. Yeah, that'd be that'd be so really the cool. Only thing, the only thing, the only thing that like about the the what I heard today about this upgrade at North Wilkesboro is that it was over uh, like a million dollars just to add safer barriers to that track. To upgrade it, so that's the kind of stuff you're looking at to get. Those yeah, that's really cool. And with the feeling in the garage, I'm sure that was really good. With that, the NASCAR, I heard there's some high ups at NASCAR, and that's really good because the feeling in the garage there was uh, was something. It felt a little more serious than normal. Um, I would say that. That although there's always people crossing over, over the garages and talking to each other because they are all friends. Most of those guys probably grew up working with each other uh, on race teams or, or going to the racetrack, competing weekly with each other. Um, but I did feel that there was a little more off um, standoffish from everybody in the t- as uh, team wise, meaning like just how how they were positioned throughout the paddock and just who was working on the cars and 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 that kind of stuff. And I just feel like there's a real air of seriousness. Uh, not that there wasn't before, but this one's, you know, this one's going to be a close, hard-fought battle to the end, no doubt. Yeah, with, the, with how the track was, we had a definitely different weather than last last year's, right? Totally different. Well, last year was warm, and it was warm into the night, which so it was warm all day and comfortable, which made the the track warm and and you know greasy, but it rubbered in and and uh, it, it 
got grippy at night. This week it was hot, and and I mean, I um, I, it was thirty plus Celsius, easily just like seventies Fahrenheit. It was more than seventy nine, eighty, eighty Fahrenheit. I think. Yeah. So. The track just cooked, and it was real hot crazy. for spring. Really hot for spring. <laughs> for was. some people, that's and nothing. It really baked the track. <laughs> yeah, and it really baked the track. Uh, and that track in particular, it really, the way the sun lifts and travels throughout the day, it really cooks one and two. So we saw a lot of the cars slipping and sliding, struggling for grip through practice and even in qualifying. And it was going to be a struggle in the race because uh, it did stay warm, but the temperatures really dropped down. So the track seemed to get a little more grip. You could tell with the aggressive levels throughout the race. But anyways, uh, yeah, the track was in good condition, though. Actually, you know, it's great to watch that kind of racing where these guys got to fight these cars. And and they're just loading. They just unloaded. And now they're they're saying, hey, you get to practice and qualify in a race. Yeah, and it's it's about, I think they got an hour, an hour and a half of practice and then they they pretty much have to impound the cars and then they go out on the track for qualifying park them and then they go race so they don't really get to change anything not that there's much to change really just typical setup stuff but right that's yeah i do like it like a one day yeah. show's not a yeah. bad thing it's fun and with Trey getting the pole, I mean, we had him on the show, and and then, and then it's looking like it's looking really good for him, and it's kind of you know maybe there's a thing uh, where you come on the show and and uh, you get a pole and you get it like get that elusive track position for the race. Yeah, well, we'll hear a little bit about that uh, when I spoke with Trey after the race. Yeah, he was by far the quickest. That car was on fire, un unstoppable. Uh, you know, he dominated. I think he led every, all but two laps of that race. Uh, and if it wasn't for restarts, he would have led every single lap of that race. He knows that track really well. It's He, he won there last year. Although it might have been a fluke, but we talk, not a fluke. He was in position. Something happened and he took advantage of it. But uh, Trey is one of these... He he's a he's the young gun, and we talked about it in the interview we had with him last week about you know his place, his place in the series. He, you know he's not a rookie, he's not a veteran, and and what his his goals are, and starting off with being quickest in practice, and then being on pole. I mean you've you've set a statement, and twenty two racing has really really set a statement as well. And with the, I guess we call, call we can call them stages. Uh, it kind of helps when we don't have, break. yeah, when we have competition breaks, kind of helps with the teams and, and less stress on having to have the best. And, and yeah. Nothing against the ones that do it because they're 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 pretty damn good too. But um, it's yeah, just how they keep costs just, down yeah. in, in our series and. The first stage was one, you know, it was, as I would say, is a lot more tame than the second stage. Uh, very much so. I mean, we had a few single car spinners off of two. 
I think that corner, I'd love to talk to one of the drivers on that about, but I think it the way the track's shaped like a D and it leads to a false sense of getting on the on the accelerator sooner than, than able to. And that greasy conditions happen yeah. with that. But I think people, you know, 250 laps is a long race. So when you are only running about 125 and you still have another 125 to go. It makes sense, right? I mean, there's no point tearing off the front end. Yeah. Although. And it's set up for a lot of restarts for, you know, for the, the chance for Trey to lose that lead. And we saw it happen a couple of times uh, at the end there. I, I think we almost went three wide with the claw on the outside and with. Well, I can I say that three with wide. Gannett. Yeah. I think three wide is the new two wide. Right. In all of racing. Yeah. Across the board. Uh, those guys, you know, coming to the end, Tiege stuffs it in three wide. I mean, they're not afraid to try to get it in there and go. And that would a wild finish. And we're going to, in about a minute here, we're going to get to some interviews. But what a wild. Let's talk about that yeah. finish real quick. And and what a way to kick off the season. And with Trey kind of sneaking in there, he, he didn't do anything dirty at all. Everyone was happy at the end of the race. And, uh, you know, and, yeah, well, it, with who we interviewed here, we, we didn't uh, we didn't have didn't sound like anyone was mad at each other with that top three. No. Well, I think because the right the right car won. Right. If somebody else won, um, somebody that was behind Trayton, uh, who is mighty aggressive, I think there would have been different yeah. feelings in the garage. But uh I think everybody's happy with you. Yeah, you spoke with uh, LP before the race. Yes. And Gannett, Lacroix, Trey, and Spitz post-race. And, and Yeah, yeah. Well, we're going to hear with, uh, what they had to say here. So we're sitting here with LP Dumoulin, champion, multi-time champion. We were supposed to talk to you earlier this week, but you were out testing, which is fantastic. Oh, testing right up to the race, like days before the race. What kind of things could you be possibly be working on? Oh, well, we've been, uh, first of all, thanks for having me and hi to the fans. Um, we have been working really hard on the car uh, over the winter to make that uh, oval car better. Uh, that 47 WeatherTech uh, Belmar car was good last year, but not good enough to uh, to really fight for the wins. Uh, maybe a couple races, but I mean, unfortunately, we had uh, a couple uh, hiccups there. But anyways, mm-hmm. uh, we wanted to see uh, last week if the car was uh, responding well to the change we've made over the winter, and I think it's looking good. Uh, but until the until you show up with all the other cars, you never know. So right. uh, actually, this morning the car was pretty decent. Yeah, lap times were really tight. You know, with all the other drivers out there. So uh, competition is very high, and um, we're looking good for the, for this race. I mean, you set up the car to go fast, yes, but you need to set up for the race itself. Uh, we know Sunset Racetrack is uh, is a, it's a loose track for us, mm. and um, uh, we need to think about the long run. So uh, we had a pretty uh, pretty good test this week, pretty good uh, practice this morning. So yeah, to it. yes, we're sitting here after first practice on Saturday. Um, let's talk about this race. It is the first race of the season, and normally everyone wants to take it easy and take. But we're only a 12-race schedule. Points are tight; they don't award. They're, they're not big point gaps between awarding, so everything counts. How do you 
how do you take this race easy but aggressive to uh, set you on to go to CTMP next weekend? Oh, you, well, you got it right. I mean, it's a long season, 14 race, uh, you know, two, uh, two dirt race, and yeah. then uh, yeah, pretty much nine oval, five road course. That's a lot of racing, a lot of points all over the place. So uh, I, it's the first one of the season. Of course, you want to start strong. You want to show up your, you want to show off your colors and uh, you know what you made of. But uh, uh, it's such a long season. You have to be smart. I think it's uh, it's the time right now to do everything to be fast, to do everything to be uh, qualifying well, fight up front for this race, as well as at some point, really be honest with yourself and see, okay, tonight do you do we have the car to win? Mm. Maybe not. Mm. Let's be smart. Let's try to get as many points as possible, finish well and uh go back home and do your homework so uh we don't know yet hopefully we have the car to win mm-hmm. hopefully we can fight for the win but uh, you're right we have to be smart and uh, next uh, next week's gonna come quick ctmp right uh, is, a, is a track that we really uh love and have fun there so uh yeah back to back road course should be a pretty intense start of the season half let's say we're halfway through the season where other than leading the points, because everybody wants to be leading the points, what is an acceptable or realistic spot that you believe you and the team can be in and need to be in to attack the championship to the the second half, the run to Delaware? Uh, as you said, we want to be um, leading, of course, but if we're not, we want to be really in the hunt point-wise. So it doesn't matter if you're P5, P4, P1, if it's really tight up front, that's where you want to be. You want to be in the hunt with uh, just a couple of points off the lead, if you're not leading, to be uh, just ready to fight hard for the rest of the season. Um, it, it's it's a big, it's a, for me, a championship is like a long race, you know? Yeah. Like, yes, it's 14 race, but it's just like a long one, in my book, with a couple yeah. breaks here and there. Sure, right. <laughs> within, that... a, within a couple of months. So um, that's the way I'm looking at it. And uh, again, the way to be there at the end is to to, to finish every races, to be in, in the points every races, and have a good run uh, every weekends to at least be able to fight up front. And uh, but you know, I, I know everybody has a pretty much kind of the same plan. Uh, but I know that some people are yes, you you want to go race by race and and try to win them all, but it's it's not the best for me. If if you want to win the championship, you have to you know pick your fights. Right. Right. What, where do you find that you struggled the most last year? And what have you done to maybe correct it or fix it? If, if that was the way to do it, you know, it might be just improve something or. Yeah, we, we last year we had a, the oval car we have has been uh, struggling and uh, there's a couple things that we, we were having a hard time. Uh, it really started that after the big crash we had in Newfoundland, mm-hmm. and uh, we had to put the car back together really quick before heading out west. And um, out west, we still found a way to get you know the points, and we still find a way to to, to, to to be up front. But the car was not great right. from that point. So I think over the winter we did a really good job to to improve that car. Uh, hopefully, uh, we'll see tonight. But um, other than that, we had a, you know a couple pretty intense bad luck uh as well so um that's luck is a part of it exactly exactly sometimes it's part of it yeah exactly and we did some mistakes too so i mean all in all 
Uh, and it was a tight championship. If you look at, you know, uh, we were just a couple points away from P5 in the championship. And then uh, a couple points away from P3 as well. So, I mean, all in all, it was very competitive. If we take all those bad lucks and, you know, replace them with a decent result, <laughs> we're still right there, you know. So, for me, the way I'm looking at it, it's just... Um, part of the learning curve per, you know we, we learn every time like, yeah. it's not because you win championship and you know like you're showing up the next year woo everything is easy for you no 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 <laughs> it's work it's every day actually it's just uh, it could be a distraction actually to sure. win championship to win races you gotta you know you gotta keep digging you gotta, well, you gotta you, be hungry it can put you into a false sense of security that you don't need to improve yeah. we don't need to get better we're winning look nah. at you know you might see that with Mercedes in Formula 1 where they were the dominant, and now they're not. Maybe they rested on their laurels. Yeah, yeah. And some um, athletes sometimes too. You know, like they think they got it figured out. You know? Right. I would like to ask a question about what keeps you motivated in this series. I, I will add to that. You're a veteran driver. You've won three championships, yep. right? You are an amazing driver coach. I actually, interestingly, I was just listening to a podcast, um, Dinner with Racers, and I've listened to the, this episode multiple times, and your brother's name came up as running uh, Porsches at the Rolex. So, you, I mean, you guys have a, a good history in lots of different racing, but you come back to the Pinties yearly. Mm-hmm. Why? Well, why? You're right. <laughs> You're right, Paul. First of all, um, I love coaching, and I know I'm gonna. You know, we we coach in very beautiful series like Ferrari Challenge, Challenge and yes, Porsche Cup stuff, and then yeah. it's just like they're great people, great car to drive and to coach, and uh, so I think I can do that for a long time. Uh, but racing is in you know it's in my ADN, it's in my genes. You know, like we've been doing it forever. My brother and I, my my dad, my uncle, in my family, uh, it runs into our ravines and. Uh, is it racing or competition or the whole package together? Yes, I think that's part of it. Um, so for me, the motivation to come every weekend goes from I started and then we started from nothing. Like, was you know, my dad was not rich and we don't have a lot of money in our family and we worked really hard to make it our you know to make our way up the ladder in racing. Mm-hmm. And we have a lot of people that's been helping us, a lot of partners. Uh, since many 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 years as well as uh, you know now with WeatherTech and Ben Mara but WeatherTech's been with me for 12 years now 12 full championship together and um, I think that's that's another you know big motivation for me is to prove them that they did right um, sponsoring me and being involved with me and my team so I think that um, that's that's a big part of my motivation say hey man like you gotta go get more for those guys that they were there at my beginning in the NASCAR Pinty series, saying, "Hey, man, you, you know, like you want to, we'll, we'll give you a good shot at this thing. Yeah. We'll sponsor you. We'll go all out with you and uh, prove what you can do." And then that keeps motivating me big time. I mean, I won the Rookie of the Year in 2011, not doing the full season with partners that you know were on board with me, and then after winning the Rookie of the Year. That's when we went with WeatherTech. WeatherTech, you know, sponsored me uh, one season, and then we went. Now we're 12 seasons mm-hmm. later, three championships. So for me, I just want to go get more. 
I want to go get more championship. I want to get more wins and work on the, the resume. And uh, that's one thing. The other thing that really motivates me is the quality of driver, the quality of competition we have in the NASCAR Pinty Series. Underrated. Uh, oh, underrated. underrated. I mean, I, I've done a lot of racing, you know, like many places, a lot in the U.S. And, um, there, you know, there's great drivers in the U.S., don't get me wrong. It's, sure. just, it's just that my point is um, we have to be proud of this series because it's super competitive. Yep. It's a lot of fun. Very talented drivers in this series. Great sponsorship. Great show. Yeah. I think NASCAR really gives it back to the fans on the show and uh, great fans, obviously. So, hey, man, you know, I wake up in the morning and uh, I race cars. So, for me, I'm still uh, really pumped to, to do that. It's a lot of work having our own team, my brother sure. and I, and having yeah. everybody involved. But uh, especially with the little family we have now, you know, two kids and my yeah. wife, uh, she's busy too. So, but all in all, the picture is great. And, yeah. Uh, that was a long. <laughs> that was a long conversation. But anyways, no, that, that's, that's where we're at. That's great, and and I like to get other stories. I like to get different answers. I don't want to ask the same question oh what would a fourth championship mean we all know we all know it's going to be amazing you would yeah. be elated like how awesome would that be and i hope it i do hope it happens for you i think you are a fantastic ambassador to the sport you're well spoken the team looks beautiful uh, you're an amazing driver we watch you race weekly and and or, or every time there's a pinty's race and i'm always impressed by by your driving skills and I, I remember the first time I met you was at CTMP the very first year of of when it became Pinty's and you had the white weather tech yeah, Dodge a beautiful car yeah it was I actually have the hero card oh, and I have cool. I have your brother's hero card yep. from that from that weekend as well and I have a, a couple others but um, I just want to say thank you for giving me this time I know you're busy we do this uh, for you guys as well, and who, what sponsors would you like to thank and shout out? Oh, I mean, WeatherTech and Delmar. I mean, WeatherTech's been with us again for 12 years. Uh, we uh, are in our 12th championship, and uh, you know, I need even more, one more year contract after that. So uh, I want to keep, I want to keep them happy. I want to keep them proud. Uh, I want to stay up front so we can keep going for as long as possible in the series and go get as many wins and championship as possible. Awesome. But yeah, thanks to all the sponsors that's been with me on board since my, the beginning of my career, and fans and family and friends and partners have been there. Mm -hmm. It's amazing. So just keep digging. Awesome. Thanks, LP. Cheers. Here with Alex Gannett, driver of the famous number three, started third, finished second. It was a hectic, chaotic race. Can we hear a little bit about it? Yeah, I mean, I'm happy with her second place, but we led the, the white flag, so I thought we had a good shot there at winning, but it is what it is. Trayton really had the dominant car here this weekend, so um, just really happy with the boys. A uh, ton of yellows. I don't know how many cautions we had there, but- Too many. Been, yeah, probably around 20, so <laughs> I was crazy. Lots of restart action, but yeah, I'm real happy with her with her second place. You know, it's uh, I hadn't run a Pinty's Oval in about three years, so it feels right. good to be back, and uh, the Ed Huck racing guys really did a good job putting the car together. Asa Abloy, Motudite, DLGL, uh, Shoko, Fast Eddie, all these, all these guys, man. Uh, the whole the whole Ed Huck racing team uh, really put a good race hard for me. So uh, I'm real happy, and hopefully we're going to get a, an oval win pretty soon here. Yeah, no, you drove a hell of a race. It was great to see you back in a car. It's great to see that car, you know, headed up at the front of the field. Uh, 
momentum into CTMP for you? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah, we'll be guns blazing at CTMP. Yeah, well, I mean, you got win at uh, Three Rivers, Three yeah. Rivers last year, so you're a road course ace. So uh, we look forward to seeing what you can do next weekend. Thanks yeah. for the word. Thank you. In here with Kevin Lacroix, driver of the 74, eventful, crazy race. You finished third. Uh, how did it go for you? What did you learn? Well, uh, the car was not perfect, but we were we were quite fast. Not enough to battle for the lead, but uh, I'm happy. Uh, honestly, I deserved like a fifth, and I'm a third, so all good. Uh, happy. It's uh, good for the team, good for points. So uh, heading towards uh, CTMP, uh, uh, looking for a win there. Yeah, well, we, we remember last year, maybe we'll have fireworks again. Well, good luck, thank you, and uh, good luck at CTMP. Thank you. So, we're standing here, fresh off his win at uh, sunset. Jeez, I, I, it's been a long day. I'm sure it's been long for you. Uh, you won, apparently, being on the podcast is good luck. Uh, you dominated. How did you do it? Yeah, I mean, the uh, this number 20 team, the FBM Delta Bingo, number 20 crew, 22 racing, they just, they gave me a great car, honestly. It really showed in that first long green flag run that we got. Uh, I hope I hope we would have got more green flag runs like that, honestly, because uh, the, the restarts were definitely nerve-wracking. Um, they were hectic as expected and uh, you know I, when we went green with five to go there I, I knew it was gonna it was gonna be a mess and it definitely was um, I, I think he had my my rear tires just jacked up a little bit off the ground going into one was able to squeeze by me um, and then the hole opened up in turn three there I'm not sure if they made contact um, but uh, no just squeezed in there and uh, I, I think this number 20 team definitely deserved that one what is how do you keep your cool under that kind of pressure you have the champ behind you defending he's ultra aggressive to be nice uh and you have everybody else around you i mean it's 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 feast or famine how do you keep your composure in that situation yeah you know it's it's tough uh, especially when we do you know 10 11 12 resize. i lost count honestly yeah. but um no it's it's tough but i think the big thing is you got to uh, run your race uh, my, my spotter there, Ken Katu, he did a great job on the radio telling me where the other guys were. Um, I realized really early on the restarts that I was going to need to defend the bottom. Um, I, I run the, the arc into the corners and uh, guys were trying to take advantage yeah. of that, of course. So, uh, yeah, I think once we adjusted that and started defending on the restarts, it, it definitely got a little bit easier. That's awesome. Well, this is great momentum into CTMP. You were testing there this week the, uh, yeah, yeah, or last, last week. week. Yep. Uh, what, what are you hoping? Did you learn anything that'll help you? Yeah, you know, we had a great car when we tested CTMP. Um, we've never actually got to test CTMP before, so this was the first for us. We were able to do some little adjustments uh, here and there and uh, tried some different packages, and I, I think they worked. So uh, it's definitely a lot of good momentum heading to the CTMP. Uh, we've run good there in the past, so hopefully we can get another good finish. Awesome. Well, your points leader, Trey Lapsovich. Thank you. So we're standing here with new NASCAR VP. In Canada, right? Sure, General Manager. General Manager I'm sorry. Yes, sir. I'm sorry. No problem. That's great. This is your first race in the books. Yes, sir. What, uh, it, it went off tremendously. I think it was a great weekend. What was it like from your point? Uh, yeah. Listen, I mean, my call out is to our uh, to our uh, ra our uh, series uh, series director Doug Gondar, newly appointed. Yes. Doug and the team and all the officials have done a fantastic job. Uh, a lot of folks really, you know, they talk about. Uh, when we get to the racetrack, but the off season was so important. Um, the teamwork that uh, that's gone into this first race has been phenomenal, as well as the support coming out of Charlotte. Uh, we've got some some very senior folks here helping us out. Well done, well done, yeah, our race, uh, race, our race director. director right there. Um, 
yeah, I mean, I appreciate your commentary. It's like it's probably one of the best races I've seen in a very long time. So. It was a great race. I mean, this this series, uh, it puts on top racing always. I, I spoke with LP earlier today asking him about why he stays here, and one of the reasons is the competition, and we saw stout competition. Uh, what do you think of the competition in our series? It speaks for itself, but I think one of the things too for fans uh, to realize, you know, as well as the media, is we're stepping it up. I mean, we're stepping it up now. Not just an association with NASCAR; we're owned by NASCAR here in Canada. It's the it's the only series within the international group which is wholly owned by NASCAR. So we've stepped everything we're doing in tech and competition. Uh, we heard very loudly at the end of last year, man. We want to tighten this field up. I don't know how to get it any tighter than what you saw. You saw six cars, seven cars, I think, yep. come across the finish line in one big group yep. after 250 laps. So, and any uh, of them could have won. Uh, virtually anybody. So if you catch me vibrating a little bit, <laughs> say it's a pretty good race. Well, uh, this is great momentum into CTMP yes, next sir. weekend, uh, long weekend. Just a little bit about that and I'll let you go. Uh, really looking forward to it. I mean, as you know, we've got the 525 engine that's uh, that's brand new in, in yes. this. And, uh, you know, uh, there, there's some skepticism uh, with it being a brand new motor, but everything that we've seen so far says this thing will pull as hard as, as a previous generation. So that's a really big storyline. Some of the new race teams that are there, some of the new names that are there, we saw some here. Um, that's going to be another storyline. And frankly, for me, as on, on the operational side, is uh, if I see that, you know, our officials and, uh, and our team do this kind of job, keeping things tight that could be another story because as you know on a road course you get that that, that stretch out yeah I think if we can keep it tight like this it's gonna be kind of fun yeah no I am the series is great it's in good hands with you with Doug with everybody that's involved I got to speak with Jason I yep. believe from the yeah, international yeah, yeah, Jason side Simmons, yep. and I had a great little conversation with him I hope I didn't scare him with our Canadian fan enthusiasm Absolutely not. but uh, thank you so much for hosting us and uh, good luck and on to CTMP welcome anytime as I always say to, to the media and to, and to fans and you see me walking around please haul me down have a chat I'd love to hear your thoughts thank you so much awesome stuff there from Trey from Spitz from Lacroix, from Gannett's, and LP. Good job on that, Wallace. Let's, uh, let, what are some of the takeaways from from all of those there? Well, let's start with LP, because he was the one that I spoke with first. I spoke with LP after first practice in the afternoon. He was gracious enough to bring me into the hauler. Uh, sorry for the little bit of background noise, but it kind of brings the ambiance <laughs> and uh i really enjoyed it thank you lp so much for that uh what did i get from that interview would be that lp's a racer and he just he's going f he's going for the championship always and it's interesting to hear him say you know sometimes we need to accept that if the car is only like good for fourth then we need to run fourth and and not try to go for bigger and come down at you know go broke type of thing and that's really something you would hear from a a veteran a three-time champion you know going for four i asked him what motivates him to stay in the series because he's he is an older guy or the an older guy he's an older guy in the series a veteran in the series he does a lot of driver coaching and i you know I thought he's got uh, kids or one kid. I don't know if he has one or two. So he's just bit real busy now, and, and he just loves it. He loves the competition in the series. 
We talk about it all the time. Yeah, I love to hear that yeah. from the, the three-time champ, LP. He's such a great ambassador. Thank yeah, you, thank LP. you, LP, for coming on. Thank all our guests for coming on, and especially thanks, Sunset. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, can't wait to what we do with them throughout the year. And and also, we can't mention forget to mention this upcoming weekend at Canadian Tire Motorsport Park, where, assuming everything goes right, we'll be there. <laughs> and we'll be able to get the first road course race underway and last year's winner when we saw Kevin Lacroix win with the battle with Tagliani where Lacroix said in the post-race conference where he was so excited to hear what we had to say about that finish that was a highlight for me and then um, of course in the fall race where Mac won and that was kind of where we saw not that I would use the fall race to compare a lot to spring race, but just as a comparison and, and Kevin, the always good there. And I'm, I'm thinking he's going to dominate. Uh, that's my pick. What about you? Who's your pick for CTMP this weekend? Um, I feel like LP is really got a fire in his belly. And I think Trey feels very confident there. We've seen him finish in the top five there. Uh, I think with this win at Sunset, that really gives them good momentum. And those 22 racing cars are looking mighty fast. So I'm going to go with Trayton Lapsovich. Okay. And so we're going to find it all about what happens when we're going to be posting as much as we can through uh, potentially a wet Saturday, and which should be an awesome weather Sunday. But hopefully what I'm hoping what for me, if I'm camping, Whatever happens on Saturday, wet-wise, goes into Sunday. I wouldn't mind watching a wet race and camping dry. Uh, and for anyone who plans on going, as usual, plan on wet weather when you go. And, uh, yeah, I, I can't wait to see what happens for our for our second race of the season, my first race. And hopefully Wallace will make it and we can, uh, we can do something at the track. But looking forward to seeing everyone else there as well. And, and uh, catching up with some of the drivers for their first attempt at a road course this season. It's always uh, it's always good to go there too. CTMP is classic. It's a you know it's always a home away from home place. Just always looking forward to going through off you know those winter seasons. Always thinking about going to CTMP in one way or another. So. If you haven't got your tickets or, or if you have if you haven't subscribed to TSN and hopefully that there are no issues on the upcoming broadcast for the fans at home that paid hard money to watch it. There uh we're gonna all see y'all on Sunday at I, I believe it's one. One PM, so we'll see you then. That's not too bad. And then yeah. we'll uh we'll as we wrap up the show here, we'll uh, talk about NASCAR Cup and a couple of things here. Mm-hmm. We got, we got to talk about Ross Chastain. Uh, you know, uh, whatever happened there. Um, yeah. Um, you go, Thomas. What do you think about this? Well, I have defended Ross Chastain in the past, um, and really, from what I saw. Um, he overdrove that corner. It's not like he ran him into the wall on purpose, from at least my point of view. 
course, Kyle Larson feels differently about it, and so does 95% of the NASCAR fan base. But yeah, he, yeah. he overdrove it, and it wasn't like an intentional wreck deal. It was more like a like a stupidity-type deal. Um, mm-hmm. And, of course, he took himself and Kyle Larson out of the running for, uh, for the win there, and it's just... This particular one is just a racing deal, but I feel like he's in a Boy Who Cried Wolf situation on that front as he seems to have a quote-unquote racing incident every week. So, yeah, I agree. I, it's, with that. it's becoming the more he does it, it's becoming increasingly difficult to defend him. Yeah. Well, I've run. I can't do it, especially as a podcast host. I can't come up with lies and go, oh, you'll find a way. No, I, I don't. I've given up. What about you, Wallace? I don't know. I just. I feel like he's yeah, he's in an incident every weekend i would hazard a guess there's probably about 15 other guys that are in incidents every weekend that we don't hear about sure yeah he's just, he's just more televised which okay I guess. so here's here's the reason for that he is in incidents at the front but or at least mid-pack the, mm-hmm. about 12 of the other 15 guys that have an incident every week are back markers starting parkers sure i mean you can go through. You can listen to the radio scanner almost every week, and find at least one driver complaining I, about the Rick Ware cars being in the way. Yeah, I and, think and that's and just the Eggman on the Wide World of Motorsports podcast. <laughs> no, I well, I think so. Part of me too feels as if he just takes it because he's he's going to be blamed and. I don't know. Like, I know he says he made a mistake, but the way he came, he says it is like, hey, I, you know what? I, I, I did it. I made a mistake. Like, I just come in and be like, yeah, I made a mistake. Or, well, he did. Hard. He did own up to it in know, the post race. I think race it was interview. just the way. Maybe he just isn't coming across as genuine about it. Well, it's or, your words. Or, his actions aren't backing his, his words. I guess maybe that's what yeah. it is. It's just like, uh, just come out. You can say, say sorry every week and go, oh, I'll own up to that. Oh, but when you're taking out, which is weird too, the same stable of drivers every week, that's another thing that adds up too. Rick Hendrick, not happy post-race at the Darlington Speedway. He said to Chevy, he said, I, I'm done. I can't keep doing this. I've told my drivers that... It, it, you know, Chevy or not, it's gonna. You know, gloves are off with with Ross. This is Rick Hendrick saying. What's gonna have saying, to happen? So. What's gonna have to happen is they're gonna beat Ross around a little bit, and probably a lot of bit. Oh, he'll get for, what's coming. Probably, to him. probably the rest of this season. I would, Absolutely, I, I would wager a guess. Probably into next season. And well deserved, in my gets, opinion. Until it gets to the point where he's just letting them pass him every time yeah. they're around him. And they'll see him as not a problem anymore. And Until next season or something like that. And then it'll and then be water under the fridge. And then they'll stop doing it. They'll, let it. they'll race clean for three, four, five weeks. And then Ross will make a genuine, honest mistake. And they'll go right back to it. And it's not going to well, end that's well another thing. Ross Chastain. Yeah. Um, there is such a thing as overdoing it in a situation like that. Yeah, Ross has taken out a lot of guys, Rick Hendrick cars in particular. And yes, he's a factory teammate. 
But at the same time, he's out there trying to win the same races that they are. And he just happens to make, he pushes his equipment's not top level. He is trying to push it past how good it is. I thought it was top level. (laughs) It's okay. So track house is basically running chip. Rick Rick Hendrick, Rick Hendrick (laughs) and chip Ganassi leftovers. Yeah. So the, all the, the grade a top level stuff Hendrick gets, and Trackhouse gets what's left. And the fact that he's performing at a decent level is a testament to how talented he is, but the fact that he's running into everybody is a testament to how big the gap between Hendrick and Trackhouse really is. I just don't understand why he wasn't running into people when he was driving for Ganassi, but now he's driving for Marks, and he's running into people all the time. Like, I just don't understand what's happened here. Like people are going to cars and all this stuff, but let's let things I, get to his I, head. I think he's gotten too confident. Um, he's pulled off some fairly miraculous things in the last couple of especially years, especially with the obviously. watermelon. <laughs> Outrageous things, especially the hail melon incident. So he's but got he's all that too. crazy because he's never won an oval, not in Cobb. True. The, that's oh, sorry, that's not true. He won Talladega, but he didn't really win it. Uh, he just managed he's to never not lose it. Yeah, I don't know. I I there's a, I feel like we have oval racing, we have road racing, and then we have plate racing. Like, I think I feel like they're too. So he won on a plate track. So he's never won on a noble. He's never he's never driven a Phoenix to win a chip. Like he. He's not good enough at those tracks. So he has to do something stupid like at Martinsville. Although I right. loved it, it's stupid. Right? right, it was great. It was stupid. It was ridiculous, and that's why it was awesome. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So, I see plate racing as the great equalizer, because when you have guys like Michael McDowell win the Daytona 500 out of nowhere, that is proof that the plate tracks make the playing field. It's fairly even now, but even at plate tracks, it's way more even than it is anywhere else. And oh yeah, that, and so anyone can win. So I mean, it, it's obviously a win. It goes on your win column, all that good stuff. But I don't see it as like a bona fide win. And so that's that's a great equalizer. So the the machinery doesn't matter on plate tracks. And I think courses. I think for me I think on for me on on the plate races it depends on how the driver won the race. If they were the one, if they've been battling up front all day, they've been making moves all day, and then they win the race, we go, yeah, they you know they drove that race. Good point. If they just if they if they put themselves in position to win the race and win the race, that's great. I'm I'm not knocking the win, but I'm just like ah yeah. Yeah. If you if you win, win it, the there are, there are a couple of things that I would call lucking into a win. If the big one happens in front of you and you're the first car that happens to not hit anything, good for you. You won the race, yeah. but like you didn't earn it. You well, let's lucky. look at the finish yeah. with with uh, Harvick and Byron. That was squeaky clean. Um, you could uh, record that and show that to drivers that are coming up in the the series and and give them a lesson on that 
Well, if I'm if I'm honest, I was sitting here watching the cup race, and I was watching IMSA at Laguna Seca, and I tuned out the cup race. The only interesting thing was the Ross Chastain thing, in my opinion, with the cup race. The cup race was boring. Boring Byron won. I mean, he. you know what? People always joke about that Penske PR chip. Hendricks got the same thing. Boring. I- but, well, I either way, the finish was great. Loved the finish, and I, I think that Harvick it, it was a good finish. Did uh, what what we all what we all want to see? That's why. No, I, I was talking about the finish. Delivery. So the that's another thing. Uh, but yeah, oh. like Harvick doing what was right, showing people how to race, and and that was what you know. I I hope people took that out of it too, not just a poop on Ross on how he would finish, how he would race you in a finish. Look at how so Harvick does it. So in that situation, it, so. Ross would have won by any means necessary, and that is not how I personally like to see races won. Yeah, and If he's agreed. okay with that, totally I mean, agreed. I guess he can live with it. But Now, what Wolves uh, is saying Harvick, there... Harvick's on the way out. He's His oh, yeah, retirement course for, what, six months now? And he was kind of just taking the kids to school on how you're supposed to be racing in the cup series and leave the stuff like Ross is doing for the lower levels because that's where the kids are. That's where, you know, the less experience happens. When you're in the cup series, you got to race like it. And as we about as we about to wrap it up here, um, I will touch base with Wallace is saying, yeah, really cool. The, uh, the livery thing is that, that now let's talk about that. Yeah. That's my favorite Mm -hmm. livery of all time. Back in the late nineties, uh, when Gordon was running the, uh, the grand, a couple, uh, chrome illusions and the championship year, they brought that car to a showroom here in Kitchener where I live and hundreds oh, of really? people came out and it was, was uh, it at the DuPont place? That was it, it that way. I, well, all I know it was, a, it was for sure a Chevy dealership, um, oh, until okay. recent years when, when things hit hard but uh yeah they they were um they were they were out to the street in the lineup for that car and i got a picture with it so it was really cool to see um let's talk real quick as we wrap it up we got a minute and a half here your picks on your pick because there aren't no fantasy this week for the Mm all-star race so who's your pick to win the all-star race as we wrap it up uh uh ryan blaney because when he wins it means nothing (laughs) <laughs> I, I, you're probably right. You're probably right. So I'm, yeah, that's a good one. Uh, I agree with you actually on that one. Uh, but I, I do think if if we're gonna North Wilkesboro, I don't know. Uh, no one, no one's raced there on this list. The racing tonight, the, tonight so, has been absolutely. Nice. I say it's up in the air. Who's gonna be good at a track like this? There's gonna I be. Know exactly who's gonna be good I. At a I think we're going to pick the same guy, Kyle Busch. One of the two Kyles. Kyle Larson or Kyle Busch. I'm going with somebody that you you guys probably haven't even considered. Josh frickin' Berry. Oh, for the, filling in for the 48, house. right? This is his wheelhouse. Okay. Yeah. We'll see what happens. Uh, I don't know. I feel like it changes because they're going to downshift. And Jock, they, and I think that changes it. 
Yeah, we're gonna see this That's weekend. Choice, we're gonna we're have it all on the social media page at the WWMS, and we're gonna talk about it next week on the show. Coming at you on CFMH 107.3 Local FM in St. John, New Brunswick, and on the radio in Kitchener Waterloo, Ontario, on Radio Waterloo, and on the Performance Motorsports Network app on your smart device. You can also check it out on demand on all streaming platforms and our website the wide world of motorsports podcast wordpress.com and our social media at the WWOMS well that just about wraps it up for this edition I am James Jordan Mike Wallace and I am the Eggman see y'all around the bed adios bye bye